Aloha and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. I am Lokelani, your host, and I'm joined by my husband, Alex, who is preaching about being small-minded. Jesus teaches us that many are called, but few are chosen, and that the road to heaven is narrow and few people find it. To stay on that narrow path, we must be small-minded in the best way. The Apostle Paul encouraged us to live quiet and simple lives as we follow Christ. Today's episode is a call to slow down, minimize, and think small. We will be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 23. I'll go ahead and read those right now. Heaven can be entered only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide enough for all the multitudes who choose its easy way. But the gateway to life is small, and the road is narrow, and only a few ever find it. Beware of false teachers who come distinguished as harmless sheep, but are wolves and will tear you apart. You can detect them by the way they act, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit. You need never confuse grapevines with thorn bushes or figs with thistles. Different kinds of fruit trees can be quickly can quickly be identified by examining their fruit. A variety that produces delicious fruit never produces an inedible kind, and a tree producing an inedible kind can't produce what is good. So the trees having the inedible fruit are chopped down and thrown on the fire. Yes, the way to identify a tree or a person is by the kind of fruit produced. Not all who sound religious are really godly people. They may refer to me as Lord, but still won't get to heaven, for the decisive question is whether they obey my Father in heaven. At the judgment, many will tell me, Lord, Lord, we told others about you and use your name to cast out demons and to do many other great miracles. But I will reply, you have never been mine. Go away, for your deeds are evil. Amen. Thanks for reading that. I love what you said about the verse that Paul says, live a simple and quiet life. We talk about that verse a lot in our house, and it's like Lokilani's favorite verse, one of your favorite verses, one of your life verses. And without her really living that out and, and challenging me to live it out, I don't think I'd be able to live the life that we live um, through y'all's support at amenpodcast.com. We're sitting in a van that you guys help us get um, so we can fill it up with kids and um, we can do podcasts on the road like we're doing right now on the side of the road in Poipu, Hawaii. It's really windy today. It's beaming hot. Um, and we're able just to pull over and knock this podcast out. We Like 10 minutes ago, we were at home changing diapers, feeding kids, cutting up apples. <laughs> so just to be able to run outside, pull over on the road and do this episode, we can't do that without you. So um, you've, you guys help us live that simple and quiet life. Now, I want you to think about being small. You know, this is what we actually really want, isn't it? When you go to the Grand Canyon and you're like, you're walking away thinking, I feel so small and it feels mm-hmm. so good. Um, when we think about the grandeur of the gospel and how big God is, it makes us feel small. And we like that. I have a small little like bug cr- crawling on my arm right now. And it's like one of the one of these cute bugs, you know, not the weird looking ones. <laughs> um, but as you look down at the cute little bug crawling on you or crawling on the ground, you you like and you say, wow, that's cute. That's so small. Um, there's something about smallness that 
we want. And we're going to talk about that today, why we need to be small, why we can't be small, and how to be small. So verses 13 through 14, Lokilani read them. Jesus is talking about the heavenly gate and how to get there. It's narrow. It's not the wide highway to hell. I love what this translation says. It says, it's wide enough for all the multitudes to choose its easy way. The gateway to life is small and the road is narrow. He says, a few find it. Sometimes we think that all of our Christian friends, all the people we go to church with, they're all on the same path. They're all, all the Christian influencers that I follow on Instagram, they're all going the same way. Jesus says the real path that leads to life is not the one that you think. And not everyone that you think is on it is actually on it. It's narrow, it's small. So don't you see why we need to be small? It's because the, the road that leads to death, that leads to destruction is wide. So unless we stay on that narrow path, that small path, that small gate, unless we stay headed there, we're in for doom and destruction. But to stay on a narrow path, you have to be small-minded. You have to be narrow-minded. You see, on the wide road, um, people are much more open-minded, open to, let, let's tolerate this. Let's invite this. Let's welcome this. Let's, um, let's, let's accept uh, this kind of lifestyle around us. Let's think this way. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to a little bit of this music, watch a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's on the wide road. There's no guarding of the heart. There's no examining the heart. It's just wild and loose and open to everything. And the mind that is open to everything lets in a lot of stuff that you don't want to let in. That's why he says, examine your heart. That's why he says, guard your heart. Don't just be wide, open-minded and think everybody should just be, you know, let everything in. Think small, simplify, get alone, get with God. Don't you see why he's saying why we need to be small? So here's the problem though. We can't be small. It's much, it's easier said than done. Let's look at the next verses, 15 through 20. It says, beware of false teachers who come disguised as harmless sheep. Now, what is Jesus doing? Now he's saying, this is why you can't, this is why we have a trouble This is why we have trouble staying on the narrow path, staying on the small path. He's saying false teachers. The false teachers are where? They're on the wide road and they're calling everyone to come over on the wide road with them. These are the influencers who um, they're cool. They're savvy. They're cute. They're emotional. These are the pastors in the big, uh, with the big shows and the big, graphics and all the money and all the clothes and all that kind of stuff. They're on the wide road, clearly serving some other God, yet they look like they're serving our God. And they're saying, come over on our road, come over here, come over here. Jesus says they're like uh, uh, wolves that are just dressed up as sheep. They look harmless because of their Christianity, because of they, the followers, because of the, um, the validation they're getting from the world and from the religious crowds, they look harmless. But Jesus says, you can detect them by the way that they act. What he's calling us to do is to be small-minded when it comes to the way that we look at leaders and teachers in our lives, when we look at their behavior. Their behavior is their fruit. And their fruit tells them what kind of tree they are. Jesus goes on to say, Lokelani read it, Bad trees produce bad fruit. Inedible trees produce inedible fruit, but good trees 
produce good fruit. So what we must do is look at the behavior of the people around you. Look at our own behavior and say, what kind of tree am I? Hmm, what kind of fruit do I have? What is your fruit? Your behavior. So without naming names, think about some of the pastors that have been in controversy. What do we discuss about them? We discuss their behavior. How could they have done this at this service? How can they say this on stage? Why, why all the theatrics? Why do they say this? Why do they wear that? Why would they post that? It's their behavior we're looking at. We're not talking about the pastor who makes a mistake, a big mistake, and in his mistake repents and is able to teach us a strong lesson throughout that mistake. Mm. To, to say, okay, this is where I went wrong and this is how God is forming me and shaping me through that. And we see a, a heart of repentance, a heart of uh, godly sorrow. That's different. W what we're saying is day in and day out, week in and week out, this pastor, this religious leader, this person is posting things that is inappropriate. The behavior is off. One minute it's a Bible verse. Next minute it's an inappropriate swimsuit. Back and forth, back and forth, just like kind of... What do, the, what do the kids say? Sus behavior. Something suspicious. Something's wrong. Something's off. Jesus says that is the kind of stuff we got to look at. You can tell a tree by its behavior, by its fruit. That kind of stuff is the reason why we end up staying on the wide road to destruction longer than we wanted to. And it's, it's, it's following those, those leaders down that road that are going to lead many to hell. Jesus said, when you follow, Jesus is, Jesus is saying, when you're following me closely, when you're taking Paul's advice to follow him as he follows Christ, what you're doing is you're choosing to stay small-minded, saying, nope, I don't need to do that. I don't need to go down that road. I don't need to hook up with those people. I don't need to go that way. I don't need to fill my schedule up with thing after thing after thing. What if I just slowed down and lived a simple and quiet life? I don't need to chase being rich. I don't need to chase fame. What if I just chased the kingdom? What if I chased his righteousness? It's simplicity. It's small. It's being small, not needing to be puffed up with more and more and more, but choosing to be simple and quiet and follow him. He says those trees that have inedible fruit, horrible, horrible behavior, unrepentant hearts, serving a different God, those trees in verse 19, they're chopped down and thrown into the fire. Talking about judgment. Now, how do we be small? We know why we keep falling down this path. And you know what? You might be the false teacher in your heart that is leading the sheep in you down the right path. We have to be under shepherds of our own hearts. We have to be under shepherds of the sheep of your heart. You're responsible for guarding your own heart. This is why Jesus tells us to guard our heart in the book of Proverbs, in Psalms, in Paul's letters, examine, guard. He's saying, be the under shepherd of your own heart. Don't just let any old wolf wrapped in a harmless Apple TV show, wrapped in a harmless song on Spotify, wrapped in a harmless uh, short on YouTube. Don't let any old wolf walk into your heart and start eating. Be the under shepherd. The reason why I say under shepherd is because Jesus is the shepherd of your soul, of my soul. But we are here as under shepherds 
who answer to the shepherd. And he's saying, guard, examine. So how do we stay on the small path? How do we stay small-minded? The rest of this, verses 21 through 23, it says, not all who sound religious are really godly people. They may refer to me as Lord, but still won't get to heaven. For the decisive question is what? Is whether they obey my Father in heaven. You know when Jesus, we'll keep going, but you know when Jesus says that, you can't serve God in money for you'll love one and hate the other. What that means is this. There's many Christian leaders who are serving money, but they wouldn't dare for one second believe that they hate God. They would think that they love God, but really they love the idea that God makes them money. And so what, how they really feel about God, Jesus said it, is that they actually hate God. You can't serve God in money because you'll love one and hate the other. So this means if you love God and you're serving God, there's a hatred that you have for what money does to people and what it does to our culture, what the love of that does. That's what he's saying. But if you love money and you serve money and money is your God, you actually hate God. How do we know that? Jesus tells us in the book of John, if you love me, you'll do what? Obey me. So what does that mean? If you disobey Jesus regular, regularly, it's your intention. It's how you set out your day. It's, it's, it's the path that your life is on. You actually hate God. To disobey God is to hate him. To love him is to obey him. So Jesus says here, the tricky thing is the people who sound religious, but they're not truly godly. To be godly is to be like Christ, to be in love with Christ. At the judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we told others about you, used your name and cast out demons and to do many other miracles. This is crazy because Jesus is actually saying that there's some people who have this miraculous Holy Spirit power available to them. And in fact, they are doing miraculous things in the name of Jesus, casting out demons, telling people about him. They're doing all these things, but yet they don't really what in verse 23, but I will reply, you never, you've never been mine. Go away. Your deeds are evil. How can those deeds be evil? It's because they're done with the wrong motives. Have you ever heard of doing the right thing for the wrong reason? That's what these people are doing. They're serving God. They're casting out demons. They're doing miraculous things. They're telling people about Jesus, but they have the wrong motives because their motives are motivated by what? Money, fame, power. Jesus says those deeds are evil. This is why it's so tricky because a person can live a very religious life with their behavior, yet their heart can be so evil behind it. Mm -hmm. And so what he's saying is here, examine. He's also saying that, do you love me? Do you love me? These people are doing all the right things, but for the wrong reasons. And, and thus they do not love me. So I'm going to say to them, I never knew them. This is heavy because that word new uh, in your translation, our translation says you've never been mind, mine to know someone in scripture. If someone knew you in scripture, it means you are theirs and they are yours. It's to be mine. This, when, when uh, Joseph and Mary have Jesus, it says that Mary gave birth to Jesus, wrapped him in swaddling cloths. And this was before 
Joseph knew his wife. What does that mean? It means they didn't, they weren't intimate. They didn't have relations yet. Mary was still a virgin. To, for a man to know his wife is to be intimate, to be close. The gospel tells us that Jesus is the bridegroom and we are the bride. He knows us. He's intimate with us. He's closer to us than a husband and a wife get. Jesus says, to be doing the wrong thing, the right thing for the wrong reason, you could do that your whole life, get to heaven and not get in. Why? You don't really know me, AKA you don't really love me. The key to how to be small is loving Jesus. Do you love him? He says to Peter, after Peter denies him three times, he says later on, you know what guys, I'm just gonna go back to fishing. Usually when we deny Jesus, when we walk away from Jesus, when we uh, start to get wide-minded, open-minded in spiritual things, instead of stay small-minded, what we do is we go back to the things that we know. That's what, that's what Peter did. He went back to fishing. Jesus goes on the shore, cooks breakfast for them, and he, call, he calls Peter. Peter jumps out of the boat. He's so in love with Jesus. He's made a lot of mistakes. He's doing uh, he's choosing his sin, choosing his selfishness, but deep down he loves Jesus and Jesus knows that. He's been transformed by Jesus's grace and mercy. So he jumps out of the boat and he swims to shore. And he, Jesus says, do you love me, Peter? He says, of course, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Of course, Jesus, you know I love you. Feed my sheep, take care of my lambs. Peter, do you love me? He asked him three times, and this time the Peter cries, he breaks, because he knew what Jesus was doing. Jesus was reversing the three denials. And every time he talks about doing what? Taking care of the sheep. For Peter, and for you and I, that means obeying Jesus. To obey him means, do you care about God's sheep? Love God, love others. That is the law and the prophets summed up. How we show our love for Jesus is tending to his sheep, taking care of his sheep, feeding his sheep. Whether you feed him through your art, you feed him through your work, you feed him through your ministry, you feed him spiritually, you actually physically feed them, whatever it may be. I don't know how you're gonna serve God in the kingdom. You can do it with all kinds of different ways, talents and gifts. Mm -hmm. But the point is when we're truly obeying him, we are saying, God, I'm feeding myself as an under shepherd through your word so that I can be strong and proper, so that I can feed your sheep. Are you examining, are you guarding, are you being the under shepherd of your heart so that you can properly feed the sheep of God? That's what Peter, that's what Jesus was trying to get Peter to understand. Peter, all of the extra, all the open-mindedness to the wrong things is leading you astray. Now you're back at square one fishing when I met you, just like when I met you, when I've called you to fish for people. And Peter, if you truly love me, you will be one who feeds my sheep. Now, how is this possible? So we know what we need to do. We know uh, how to actually do it, but this is where it gets deep. When it says here that God will say to those people, those religious people who sound religious, but they're not godly, he'll say to them, you've never been mine. You've never been mine. That essentially, is how God treated Jesus on the cross, as if he had never been God's son. Looking at that, 
letting that sink in. That, it, that God doesn't have to say to us, I never knew you because he treated, Jesus was treated as if God never knew Jesus. Why did that happen? Jesus has been with the Father for eternity past. There has never once been a time where they have not been one, except for on the cross. They were split. They were separated. The Father turned his face away. Why did that happen? It's because God is so holy, so perfect, so just, so merciful, so gracious, so kind. What he did was he sent his son to take the punishment that we deserve for our sins, for being so open-minded, for letting so much into our mind, so much into our hearts, for going on that wide road and choosing the wide road over the small road. Jesus says, Father, send me. He goes in our place. And he experiences the anguish of what it feels like to truly go to the pit of hell, the depth of hell. He experienced that. He was treated as if God never knew him so that God, and so God can know you deeply. I love what Need to Breathe says in their song. Um, I think it's called, Who, Who Am I? Uh, they say, Somehow you really love who I really am. And that's powerful because God knows you at the depth of who you are and still loves you. He says in that song, I don't understand where your love comes from. Who am I to be loved by you? Who am I? Who am I to be loved by you? They're echoing the verse that the psalmist says, what is man that you are mindful of him? the son of man, that you would care for him. After all we've done, after as far we have traveled down the wide road to destruction, who are we for God to be mindful of us, to want us, to go as far as sending his son, for Jesus to go as far as laying down his life and going down into hell, experiencing the wrath and the judgment of God that is, a, it's, incomprehensible how hellish that is. He felt that for you and I, and he rose again from the grave. What does that mean? He rose with great power so that we could have the power to stay small-minded. Everyone's cruising right now, going for the sunset cruise. I don't know if you heard the guy bumping his bass on the way down the road. He did that. The resurrection means you can be small. Look at how small the church started. It was people experiencing that resurrection, the, the witnesses, the 500 witnesses, that small group that grew Christianity to what it is right now. Mm. It's the faith of a mustard seed. It's the man who buys the field because of that one little treasure that no one else knew about. A big field, small treasure. It's these small characters in the Bible that's, that speak up and they have these great voices. Small, narrow, quiet, simple is the way to heaven. Not loud, famous, and all that stuff. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for sending your son. And though people thought he was so small and insignificant, he was okay with that because he would often get away just to be alone with you, to live that simple and quiet life, so focused on 
not fame, not riches, not all the things that he could get in his godly power, but just so focused on getting to that cross and preaching the good news. What a simple and quiet life he lived. It's beautiful, Lord, and we want to live that way. Help us to get out all the excess, all this, all the junk we don't need, God. Help us just to live simple, simple, beautiful lives, God. We ask this in your name as we think about the cross and what you went through, how you were treated by the just righteous wrath of God. In your name we pray, amen. This is the part of the episode called After the Amen, where we ask you a question to help you apply this message to your life. Today, our question is, how can you think small? How can you think small? I'll go first. Wow, I can say so much (laughs) on this topic. I feel like I'm just thinking about a bunch of different things. So hopefully this comes out clearly. But I think the way I can think small is by examining myself, like you said, and asking myself, why? Um, Lucy, like a couple days ago, just like looked at us and was like, why? And Alex turned to me, he's like, oh, are we in the why stage with Lucy now? And, um, you know, it just really is a great question. Like, though, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. You know, asking myself, why? Um, Why am I doing this podcast? Why am I choosing to do this with my children? You know, asking yourself why so that you can get to your true heart's intention and not be doing it because that's what the crowd is doing Mm -hmm. or because that is what culture has told us we should do. Um, But asking yourself why so you can be more small-minded and intentional. And so I love just what you shared about obedience being if we truly love him you know if we truly love him we'll obey him and um I don't know I just think of our culture and it's so easy to see fruit as like numbers And so, sorry, I'm going from obedience to fruit, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I think that like it's constantly renewing our minds and knowing that fruit is not just numbers. Mm -hmm. I think we think success is whether we have a certain amount of money, whether we have a certain amount of followers, whether we have a certain amount of likes or subscribers or podcast downloads, like that is not truly God, true godly success, but obedience is and that's why I think it's so important to ask ourselves why because like large numbers in a in and of itself is not evil God may want to do something through a very large big ministry or podcast or church or whatever it is um so it's not like it's inherently evil but Um, I think we do need to be cautious when we look at the scripture saying the wide gate, it's easy to get through that. Um, But it's the small, the narrow path that is harder. And so constantly asking ourselves why, I think, is how we can think small and knowing that Jesus laid the 
blueprint for this again. Like if we go through the Beatitudes, we see what marks the life of a true believer. And we also have learned that we're not able to do that on our own, that we need him to be able to do that. Um, But as we follow him, as he transforms our lives, we start to see that kind of fruit in our life. Okay, am I meek? Am I humble? You know, am I poor in spirit? Like, does sin break my heart because I'm breaking the Father's heart? Like, Mm -hmm. or do I just like abuse his grace and I'm just excited that I can just say I'm forgiven, you know? Or am I, do I mourn over my sin? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's how we can think small because that's not how the culture thinks. That's not how... Even, unfortunately, some within Christianity think. Um, And so I think we just have such treasure at our hands with the Word of God. Um, And that, which is another way that we can think small, is by constantly going back to His Word. So our mind is being renewed and we know what is of God and what isn't. Because like Alex said, false teachers. We can take other people's words as gods and we need to love god's words more than any man's words you know and we have that freely at our disposal always and so um yeah i i love this episode and i feel like i always say the word of god is the answer but it just really is and thinking about being small or simple like it's just it is, you know, it's there. It's there for us. I was just telling my friend Sage that he's a big listener of the podcast. And I told him, I feel like I'm saying the same thing every episode, uh, but we really are. The word of God is the answer because the word of God is Jesus. And there is no salvation under heaven, under in, in anyone mm-hmm. other than Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's why his name means God is salvation. Mm-hmm. So um, we can't wait to hear from you. How can you think small? Mm. Let us know. Amenpodcast.com if you want to support us. Um, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, we're going to be doing a Q&A coming up pretty soon. And so make sure you're on Instagram checking out our stories for that. We want to get your questions dialed in and ready to go so that we can, yeah, connect with you guys even more. Well, we love you and we'll see you in the next one. Amen. Until next time, go out and be the church. Amen.